in a good way. Um, all right. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Prickly Cactus podcast. Uh, it's Frankie here today with you. Quincy couldn't be here. He's uh, currently off at a seminar for erectile dysfunction. <laughs> um, we are just going to wing it. We're going to go for it. We miss him. We wish he was here. Um we're all we're all dealing with it. I'm uh, I'm currently with one of my very 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 good friends, Avi. Um, joined by her today. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do today? Um, just really, you know, typical run of the mill, mundane, married child person bullshit. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I weeded my garden. Yeah. And um, I watched my kid while she fought with our neighbor's kid. Yeah. And Fisticuffs? The, they fight a lot. They fight a lot. It's entertaining. I enjoy it. It's, I, it's so stressful for me. <laughs> I know. I get so stressed out about it. It's hard watching your kid be a dick. Yeah. And like having to explain it to other parents. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just constantly mediating. <laughs> like yeah. I can never relax because I'm just mediating. Totally. Um, but yeah, like it's it was just super boring. And that's mm-hmm. what my life is like every day these days. Yeah. I mean... It's a fucking pandemic. Yeah. And I feel like we could be allowing your kid to be a dick in, in more public places and have a lot more fun yeah. with it if, if we opened up. So hopefully that'll happen I soon. I actually should probably be really thankful that we're at the point now where both Adam and I, that's my husband Adam, mm-hmm. and our neighbor, uh, our neighbors I should say, are, are comfortable with letting our kids play together because we've been living there since right before the pandemic mm-hmm. and they just started playing with each other like two weeks ago. Yeah. And they've got three girls and Ed is obviously yeah. an only child, Ed and yeah. your daughter. So it is really nice to, um, to, for her to have all of those, I guess, peers and, and people to look up to. And, and, uh, as an only child, I think it's going to be really interesting to see her go into uh, kindergarten this year it's in yeah. September yeah for sure and she's got a practice run with learning how to share and, and all of that that's actually really lucky right yeah mm-hmm. I think too like we feel like the pressure might be off a little bit because all of the kids who are going to be entering kindergarten in September are kind of in the same boat yeah they're all they've all fucked. gone th- yeah they're all going to be so <laughs> fucking weird they've all gone through this like like the huge chunk of their life and arguably the most formative like in the last year because these are all kids that are like you yeah know, three going on four have it's just turned such four. an important time in their in yeah. their uh self-discovery yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i, I doubt it. that etta remembers going to stores without masks on at this stage yeah you're, you're probably right about that and yeah. when she gets older she won't remember hopefully she won't remember this like i have some form of brain damage so I don't really <laughs> remember much from being that young and I think that's pretty common for a lot of people yeah more yeah so for me but, yeah um yeah I, I think it's gonna be really interesting um sweet and so how has that changed for you obviously like as a parent like going through this and and I mean having Adam who's at work all the time and you've now been so used to working in the industry the restaurant industry as well and, and now being a full-time mom and having to cope with I guess all of that. Yeah, you know, and like this is something that I feel like you and I talk about all the time, all the time when we hang out together. Um, My life has changed in the past year dramatically. Mm -hmm. Um, I went from, yeah, working full time in an industry that's, you know, pretty crazy, late nights, inconsistent hours, fun, terrible pay, (laughs) shitty people, horrible people, worst bosses ever, (laughs) worst bosses ever. Um, That's just like rampant with, you know, substance abuse and mental health problems. Amen. <laughs> um, and 
yeah, like I kind of always felt like that was my mm-hmm. world. And I, I kind of always felt like a little bit put together for that industry, too. So it was really good for my confidence. Yeah, of course. And now I um, and now I just take care of my daughter full time. And I feel like I'm super shitty at that job. So it's not fun all the time. I completely understand why, like, you obviously feel that way. I think a lot of parents feel like they're doing it wrong. But yeah. I can just tell you from 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 all the people that I've seen, you're doing an incredible job. Yeah, well, Your daughter you. is a total badass. She has the most intense opinions ever. And I think that the way that you're raising her is really admirable to be outspoken and loud and speak up for herself and to have an opinion and to tell people no and, and, and like l- teaching her all about consent and about proper mm-hmm. anatomically correct, like words, like yeah. for her vulva. Like yeah. to me, honestly, I think that that is so awesome and, and interesting. And I think that it's the sort of a new wave of parenting. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, like it's kind of ridiculous that like we get to the point where we're being like, um, hailed as like brave for calling a body part what it is. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. There's nothing more disgusting than hearing yeah. it being called like a fucking cookie. That yeah, shit like, makes me yeah, cringe. Like a noodle. <laughs> a noodle. It's just like it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. It's also like just very practical, right? Like yeah. if if I mean if you're a woman, like you know that there's so many different like parts to your vagina. So right? many fucking parts. To your vulva, I should say. To there's, your vulva. There's so many parts. So when like your kid comes to you and they're like, it hurts, it's really good to know the different yeah, words. Like what for sure. hurts? Like, like what is your, it, your labia yeah. or your yeah, like what is it? Yeah. Like what part of it for sure. Yeah, no, I think that that's fucking awesome. It's smart. I mean, I still need help. I got to pull out the diagram on Google sometimes <laughs> to remember what exactly it is when I go to the doctor. Um, and, you're, and you've opened up recently a, a, a vintage shop online, which is really cool. New, new vintage. It's new underscore new underscore vintage on Instagram for anybody that's interested in looking at some badass shit. Yeah. Uh, that's where my cowboy boots that I'm currently wearing are from that uh, you got me as a gift for our uh, drug-infused romp in Niagara Falls last week, which was super yeah. fun. I think you make that sound a little bit more salacious than it actually was, but I appreciate oh, the Oh, you spice. mean when we just did shrooms and took a bubble bath and yeah. cried <laughs> laughing for, like, hours and yeah. walked around Niagara Falls? Yeah. It was kind of amazing, in my opinion. It was really fun. Um, but, yeah, nothing like feeling deranged and strung out and dressing like a cowboy to make you feel better about it, Yeah, in my opinion. Um, speaking of which, uh, it is quite suiting that we are at Everything Hurts Studio because of how bad my hangover is today. Um, yeah, so you and Adam have been together for a long time too, though. You guys have been together for like 12 years? Yeah, we've been together since, uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. April 2009. Yeah. Um, fuck, how many years is that? 2009 to now? Like... It's 12. 12, yeah. Yeah. Um, how's that? being with someone for that amount of time uh it's in it's intense (laughs) (laughs) yeah i bet yeah yeah it's um it's fun how do you keep the romance alive i don't know i don't think that there's like a way to keep the romance alive always i think that relationships that span great distances of time just will always have ebbs and flows will always have ebbs and flows yeah like um and i think that's like kind of what makes it good too Mm-hmm. Um, as long as like you're not psychotically fighting with each other during like totally. the lows, but it's nice. It's nice to like re-fall in love with somebody multiple Aww. times. Well, I know I've said this two million times. Like you, and you know this. We talk about it all the time too. Like I, spe- I hope Adam does listen to this because he's out. He's so amazing. He's such an amazing like 
husband he's and father. way too good for me like he's the first time you and i went out so for much nicer drinks, than i am yeah. he's so much nicer than you are <laughs> so and he's so sweet and endearing he like wakes up early so you can sleep in and like yeah. makes you an edit breakfast and then goes to work and like, like all the time and i never repay the favor <laughs> He's so nice to you. The first time you and I ever went out for drinks, we were, I remember at a bar and we were getting pretty, pretty lit. And uh, you're like, Frankie, I had to marry up. Mm -hmm. You're like, I I couldn't marry someone as shitty as I am. I had to marry up. This wouldn't have worked otherwise. But I will say for for certain, he's definitely baby daddy goals. Like I I do look at him and, and see what I want to find in in a partner for myself, like someone who's just so kind and so caring and puts you and your kid before him almost every fucking day. Yeah, every day. Every day, yeah. Which is really sweet and really nice to see. Yeah, he's great. I honestly feel like um, everyone deserves an Adam. Like, everyone deserves somebody who cares about them that much. Mm -hmm. I guess, like, even him, so. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking get on it. No, I'm great to him and he loves me and I love him so much. I am real. I think I'm a good partner too. Yeah, of course you're a good partner. Yeah. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just not as nice as he is. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, no, you're definitely not. No. <laughs> but that's what I love you for. No, and I think you need that. I don't think you can have like two pushovers in a relationship. God, like, no. Two like ultra nice people. But you're definitely like a bit of a leader and like he's not he's he's the kind of person who like he wants you to lead like he definitely loves you sort of taking charge and Mm -hmm. and making a lot of the decisions yeah and he's and he knows that you guys have pretty much the same opinion on almost everything so yeah 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 it works it's it's worked for 12 fucking years so it's going to continue working obviously i hope so i don't know my parents got divorced after um they were married for 40 years jeez Yeah. yeah Yeah, and and they're they're not big fans of each other now, or are they? No, they're okay. They're all right yeah, with amicable. each other. Yeah, they're amicable. My dad has always been like very amicable with my mom, and my mom has like just always like said really shady things about my dad. Do you think she's maybe a little bitter? Oh, she she. I think she's just hurt. So I get it. Of course, yeah. Um, I think she's getting to the stage now. They've been divorced for about 10 years Mm -hmm. or like at least split up i'm not sure how long officially divorced yeah separated um but she's getting to the point now where she's um a little bit like like softer and kinder and nicer and like they're still involved in each other's lives like in such a minimal way but like my dad had knee surgery last year and then my mom had knee surgery just a couple weeks ago or like a couple months ago i should say and um my dad called and like before and was like this is what you're gonna need like helped her out with that kind of stuff yeah yeah like at the end of the day obviously you don't really wish ill on people that you have made four fucking kids with four humans and spent four decades with i think like that would be the real failure in my mind of Of a marriage would be like if you spent that much time with somebody and then you end up fucking hating it would feel like such a waste of 40 years right and like and it would consume you like i still think about there's a lot of relationships that i've had where i still think about the person who i used to be with like there's there'll be a part of my day every day where i think about certain people yeah and they come up in my mind because there's either stuff that i learned from them or i have a memory and like when you spend a lot of time with somebody so like i can't imagine being like 40 years down the road obviously like you think about that person at some point every day yeah so you would obviously only want to have good memories yeah yeah i think uh yeah my parents separated when i was 10 and I remember being so fucking angry and bitter about it. And I remember 
like hating my mom for for leaving my dad and all of that. And then now that I'm fucking older, I adore my father, but like they they're very different people. And so it's yeah. like I f- I'm very happy for my mom that she had the she had the balls to do it. I think that leaving your partner can be really scary and yeah. and you don't like there's the only thing worse than like being alone. There's nothing wrong with being alone. Like I I'm alone. I love living alone. I love Mm-hmm. spending time by myself the only thing like worse than somebody who is lonely is someone who's like lonely in a relationship yeah, or like yeah. unhappy in a relationship and constantly just feeling shitty about either themselves or the person that they're with and yeah yeah I think it's really common I think people stay in unhappy relationships all the time because they're so afraid of being alone and it's it's really hard to watch I think I, I completely agree mm-hmm. I wish that my parents would have um I don't think they were happy for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I wish that they would have separated earlier and not stuck it out. I feel mm-hmm. like a little bit guilty, but both of them have told me that that they've stayed they stayed in the relationship because of the kids. Yeah. And, and you're I, the youngest. I'm the youngest yeah. and they split up when I was twenty seven. So I was like Jeez, already an adult yeah. and I was like I was like, it's totally um, like it was kind of fucked up, but I get it. I just want you both to be happy. Mm-hmm. Did it come as a shock or were you kind of expecting it? I was pretty shocked. Yeah. 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 It's a shocking thing. Yeah. Like, I, like I never really saw my parents as super happy, but I didn't, I just thought like you invest that much time with somebody, like you're just kind of in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm glad that if they weren't happy or like maybe if one of them wasn't happy enough that they did finally make the decision to separate. Um, I think both my parents are a lot happier now. Yeah. Um, my dad is remarried to my stepmom Janice and she's lovely and like they have a life together and we have this whole other side uh, of her family now too that's like an extended part of our family that's nice yeah it is it's great yeah that's like with my mom and her husband they've been together for like fucking 20 years now and like now I have step siblings who have been in my life since I was like 11 years old and mm. and I've got a sister and I've got like a, a brother other than my 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 full brother and it's really nice and I love my mom's husband he's like one of the loveliest human oh, he's beings such ever. a great guy he's, so your mom is so lovely too yeah i really hit the jackpot parent parent wise i would say um but martin is just such a such a sweet lovely capable man like yeah he literally just walks around puttering and fixing shit he's an inventor (laughs) he's an inventor by profession yeah and like lives in his warehouse in this like beautiful old part of Owen Sound and it's like an old water I don't even know what it is it's like a really old building it's beside a water treatment center but like they're really yeah hundreds of years old and uh, he's just really sweet he just walks around and his little cat follows him around everywhere and just the epitome of fucking cuteness I love it which is the opposite of (laughs) me You're adorable and you know no, it. No, not a chance. I'm, yeah, anyway. And we're having um, the summer of love. It's the summer of love. And summer self, of love. And self, and, sorry, the self-love. Self-love. And love. summer of violence yes. for all of those who have, <laughs> <laughs> who've been following along. Um, so much violence. Uh, but yeah, like, I think that that's such a cool sort of avenue for you to take and, and to make a hobby out of sort of a profession like when you're trying to figure out what you want to do and change professions and stuff like that like it's hard to get out of the industry yeah 
And also, I mean, like, I don't know, we can all, we can, like I said, we can edit out fucking anything. Are you comfortable with talking about your newfound sobriety? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Because I know, um, I know that that was like a really big decision for you where I remember you telling me like how unhappy you were. Yeah. Hung over. Yeah. And talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So when we met, um, when we met, we were working at together i was the gm and get this <laughs> shitty stone building down in the east end with really not great bosses. horrible disgusting people yeah well the staff was so yeah, lovely i will were. say and I, I still keep in touch with quite a few of them and i've met um some lifelong friends through that place so totally worth it but you yeah, met we, me we met, met yeah. we met each other and now we're like fucking inseparable yeah attached to the hip whether you whether you like it or not adam <laughs> Uh, yeah, so when we met, like, I was kind of just doing what I'd been doing basically my entire adult life, which was um, drinking more than I wanted to yeah. when I would have drinks almost every time. And then just having these, like, really bad hangovers where, like, it was hard for me to get out of bed and, like, the, like... Hard for you to be present for your child, It was I so hard yeah. to parent. Like, that was the thing. It... it when I first had Etta and she was a bit younger and I like first kind of started drinking again after being pregnant, um, it was like a bit easier because I could just pump and she was a baby and she slept a lot. She was such an easy baby. Yeah. And she's like, she's not a difficult toddler, but she's just not like an easy kid anymore. Yeah, she requires a, a lot of attention. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of setup for me just really stopped working at a, at a certain point. Um, and I kept doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it was like the more I would drink and I was never like, it was never like binge drinking to the point where like I couldn't like yeah, show up at work. It wasn't like a professional drinking. Yeah, it wasn't a debilitating problem or anything. But um, I was so used to looking at people who abstained from alcohol. Um, it was like so black and white and there for wasn't sure. a lot of gray area. Like everything I had read about um, alcohol abuse and alcoholism was like you see the really really like deep dive off the cliff end of it yeah people who like can't get out of bed can't hold down a job like make the shittiest decisions over and over again and none of that was I was not doing any of that so it was hard for me for a long time to see m the way I was drinking as a problem for sure and it's so normalized in the industry too so normalized and encouraged so and encouraged and, like yeah. and how can I need to check my drinking when I drink way less than all these people that I'm working with and they mm -hmm. don't seem to like consider it at all mm -hmm. so um, it took a long time for me to finally realize like hey I can I can just not drink if I want to not drink totally the pandemic actually really helped that because my background in restaurant management came from me going, I actually went to school for wine and viticulture. And then um, I worked as beverage managers and bar managers for restaurants. So I was curating wine lists and beer lists and it's creating just... cocktail lists. It was such an involved part of my life mm -hmm. that anytime I thought about not drinking, I got really scared about what it would mean for that. It gives you anxiety. Yeah, it gives you anxiety. 100%. And then like, boom, the pandemic happened and I found myself out of work. And I was like, yeah. okay, I can give this a shot if I want to. 
and I can try not drinking. And I did. And I like it. I know. And it's amazing. I think that it's becoming more and more sort of common. Um, There's such like a binge drinking culture. And in our generation and the younger generations as well, like you look at people in college and you look at like people might like I'm fucking in my 30s. Yeah. Like early, early 30s. But still. Early, early. Early, early. I have to clarify. For any single men listening. (laughs) Frankie's in her early, early 30s. I'm 5'8", 125 pounds. Like, just insanely good looking. Insanely. Insanely. Um, no, uh, I I think that it's so normalized. Like, binge drinking culture is so normalized. And, like, I fucking do it all the time. And I crack jokes at myself. Like, I drink way too much. Like, I, I, I drink way too much. And yeah. I abuse substances way too much. And I... Yeah. And I I enjoy it. There are days, obviously, where, like, I don't really, I don't know. It's so hard to, like, really confront. It can be really fun. And honestly, yeah. like, I mostly enjoyed it before I had a kid. There's a part of me that worries about, um, yeah, like, the the idea of being able to fully, like, rein it the fuck in when, yeah. I decide to have ch- when I decide to have children, which is something that I want definitely want to do in, like, the next three to five years. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that, um... I mean, this is the Prickly Cactus podcast, and we really love to talk about everything that's sort of like taboo and stigmatized. And like, that's definitely sobriety is something that I think that's really kind of stigmatized. I know that like I fucking crack fun at people who don't drink and like, yeah, all my asshole degenerate friends like, oh, fucking. well, you never have with me. So I. No, and I never will. And I remember you. I remember you messaging me, being like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this sobriety thing like a full year and see how I like yeah. it." And you're like, "I'm sorry, like I might be really boring to be around." And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like you're a good time no matter what." We've hung out sober, and I constantly enjoy you. And yeah, I would never judge you for making the choice to be sober. And I hope you don't fucking judge me for making the choice to drink a full bottle of wine every no. time we hang out together. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> never. Like I, I truly like people drinking around me doesn't bother me at all and I want everyone to do what makes them happy and if I saw like something that I was worried about in a friend's behavior of course I would definitely talk to them like like privately and compassionately about it you know what I mean um thank you for not doing that with me yet (laughs) you're saving it aren't you yet (laughs) yet yeah it's like please be a surprise party this is a fucking intervention (laughs) no I I think you've got a really good head on your shoulders and honestly like I don't begrudge anybody experiences. Like I have been where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was I was where you were when I was Before your age. Before you decided to become sober. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I see exactly where this is heading. <laughs> <laughs> no, you like and I don't know if this is going to be a forever thing for me either. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to put any labels on it. I just want to do what feels good for my heart soul and body and family totally yeah and yeah I think I think that it's the smartest thing for you at this time and I do love that like you're still really curious whenever I bring weird fucking RTDs around you like ready mm-hmm. to drinks around you like you're interested you have like a little sip and like you spit it out or whatever and yeah yeah you'll still drink bitters and kombucha like obviously everybody it's a spectrum everybody has their addiction and yeah whatever yeah and I'm still like I no still judgment for consume cannabis can't. and yeah. mushrooms yeah you do <laughs> um yeah man we're loving these uh, cannabis beverages yeah it's uh it's definitely a good time I do like that they're so properly regulated too like I just know with edibles my experiences have been really fucking poor in the past just being 
I guess overdosed. I have ne- obviously I've never overdosed on marijuana. I don't no, know how you would. But you, you like would. you green you out. You green out, yeah. yeah. And I have greened out on like brownies and stuff when I was younger for sure. And like I know every time I've made edibles, they've been way stronger than anticipated. Yeah. When I gave you that banana Frank, bread, Frankie made me um, a banana bread, and <laughs> I was like, "How strong is it?" And she's like, "I found it pretty strong, but you like smoke a whole lot more weed than I do, so I think you'll be fine." And I still said like take half. <laughs> I think I took a full piece, but uh, I can't. Re- I can't remember. But um, I was home alone with my child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This if, is such I, a funny story. I don't know if we should bleep this out because I don't want like CAS knocking at my door or something. Um, but. Uh, I was home alone with Etta and like I had taken it like right before her bedtime and it kind of just started kicking in at bedtime <laughs> and I was so high that I kind of convinced myself that there were ghosts ghosts in, the in like the, in the house and I was like so scared that like I couldn't I also knew that I was high there was a part of me that's just like you're just really stoned you've because I'm very experienced with cannabis I'm, like you're just really stoned and you're scared and that's okay. But I just like was like, you're on your own, kid. Like yeah. I can't, I can't read you three books tonight. I'm like, you just have to, you got to go to sleep by yourself, and you can't come out of your room. <laughs> and um, and I'm so thankful. Like I've said millions of times to her, like no more coming out of your room. You can't come out of your room. If she comes out of her room, like two like seconds later, twenty times. I remember twenty we times. Put her to bed at nine thirty. I'm there at least two twice a week, like yeah. at her bedtime, and like we have dinner together and. She never, ever wants anything to do with me after, like, 7 o'clock because she just turns into, a, a, a like, a just a, like, I get it. Kids are tired. Like, kids are exhausted by the end of the day. And so she's always just like, no, mom's taking me upstairs. Like, yeah. leave me alone, Auntie yeah. Frankie. And she must have, like, sensed the seriousness in, like, my eyes or my tone or something, though, because that <laughs> she day did she, not come out of her she room was really night. good and she didn't come out. And I was like, oh, thank God. And, like. I kind of just like sat on the couch and wrote it out for like another 45 minutes. And then I texted Frankie and I was like, what the fuck? What did you give me? I still have some of that banana bread in the freezer. Oh, God. I'm giving it to you. I actually brought it to like my like family Christmas thing after that. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. I kept on like sneaking little pieces. Fuck, man. Edibles are, are a good time. That's really funny. And it's so funny, too. Like, th- like t- I just wanted to bring up that point. Like, th- like being on the couch, I come over, like, twice a week. We have movie nights. I hang out with you and your husband. He's mm-hmm. so graciously accepted me into the family, which is so nice. We were bubbling together during the pandemic because I'm in a yeah. single-person household. And, like, yeah, and you, you don't have any do family that. here in Hamilton. I don't really have any family here. So and, we adopted Frankie. And also, I work with your husband. So, like, we kind of yeah. were in the same bubble anyway at work. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you guys have definitely adopted me and taken me in, which is phenomenal. I've said this before. To, I hope I've said it to you. I've said it to tons of people about how, like, I really feel like you saved me out here coming to a brand new city and, like, not really having a ton of of friends to rely on. And, and I, meeting you, it was so funny. I remember calling my mom and being like, I, I'm in love with this woman at work. <laughs> uh, I've made a friend for life. Her name is Evie. And, like, telling my mom all about it. And then when she met you, I was like, it's like she's meeting my, like, future partner, like, my partner <laughs> for the rest of my life. Anyway, my mom talks about you all the time. She absolutely adores you as well. I love both of you so much, too. Um, yeah. That's, it is so nice. I feel like we have such a lovely friendship. And I'm so glad that we met. Aw. It makes me really happy. Me, too. Yeah. I love it. Um... But sitting on the on the couch and like putting the edit to bed at nine thirty at night or whatever her her bedtime's like nine nine thirty, 
Because yeah, yeah. Upstairs, like as, as it bath. gets like lighter out later, it's, it's harder like naturally harder. extended. It used to yeah. be like between eight and nine, and now it's like nine thirty ten. She's been going to bed at like ten. She's been falling asleep at ten thirty. No, so, so like when I was there last time, we're sitting on the couch, and she's like, she's told you to go away, and then you go away, and she's like, "Mom, you need to come back and read me a story." So you go, yeah. so you read her a story, and then she's like, "Okay, I'm good now," and then we hear her like. Like slamming the toilet seat down all of a sudden, <laughs> and we're like, "The fuck is she doing up there?" And it's like, you go upstairs to check on her, and she gets back into bed, and then you hear like, like fifty minutes later, we're watching a movie and like just hanging out, having a drink, smoking a joint, and you just hear the little pitter patter of feet. Yeah, yeah, again. yeah. <laughs> and like doors slamming, and then Adam comes home from work at like eleven thirty, and you're like, "Oh yeah, well she just went to bed." Yeah, yeah. And she'll still be up at six forty-five, seven in the morning tomorrow. She's actually really good normally. She doesn't usually wake up until like between eight and nine, and then she'll lie in bed with us. That's like sweet. nine is pretty like, and I'm I'm happy to have like the later <laughs> bedtime if it's exchanged for a later wake up. Totally, I'm not a super morning person, but today she did wake me up at seven, and she she didn't get back to sleep, and neither did I. So today I'm kind of feeling it a little bit, a little resentful. Yeah, well, yeah. just tired. Yeah. Just but like I think I think most parents out there are just always tired. Perpetually exhausted. Perpetually tired. What about you guys? You guys have uh, a couple of little bubs that are very young. Oh yeah. So uh oh, yeah. perpetually exhausted, is that a good term oh, for it? Always tired. But always rewarded. Yeah. I often think I'm tired and then I look at Justin's kid and like I'm not that tired. <laughs> <laughs> is that because Justin's kid is younger? Uh, no, it's just because he's a tiny version of Justin's. So he never stops. Aw, just running around. Yeah. Are they good sleepers, your your yes. kids? They're both yes, quite they good, yeah. 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 That's good. Like we're blessed with that. You're never gonna get the same amount of sleep that you got before you became a parent. Like no. that just never happens again. I will get those solid good, twelve hours a night that I'm used to. If they're no <laughs> if they're good sleepers though. You're in good shape because so many things can be forgiven if you're getting, like, a, enough sleep. Yeah, absolutely. But if you're, like, I have friends who've got kids that are really bad sleepers. Like, and I'm talking, like, I've got a I've got a friend who, um, her kid is the same age as mine. So for four years, he probably, like, just six months ago started finally sleeping through the night. And before that, How, like, What for, was it, like, four hours a night before that? Five hours a night? What was it? Um, so for three years, he was just, like, he would get up, like, every two to three hours oh, and just like need wow. to be yeah. like Coddled. you know when he was younger needed like a bottle or the boob mm -hmm. um and then as he got older they just need to be coddled yeah i'm gonna be one of those disgusting mothers who has like their baby like their child i'm gonna breastfeed till they're like three yeah and, like they're just gonna live in my bed and my husband's gonna be in another room and just yeah gonna resent me so much i can't wait oh it's gonna be you're gonna <laughs> don't do it frankie i'm gonna be so weird about it it'll be bad you know what's funny Etta um, never slept in our bed, like, and she never slept in our bedroom even. When she was two weeks old, mm -hmm. like, we had tried to co-sleep in a bassinet in our room. Mm -hmm. And when she was two weeks old, none of us were sleeping at all. And I was like, let's just try putting her in her crib. Mm -hmm. And that was the answer for us. Like, she slept well and I slept well. We needed separate rooms. She's a super independent freaking human being too. yeah she's so independent she so was she's born independent it's weird yeah she's had her own room since she was two weeks old and i remember like really lamenting it and being like i wish that i could sleep with her and she would cuddle but like she would never fall asleep with me mm -hmm. and now um like maybe seven months ago was the first time 
Maybe mm-hmm. it was earlier than that. I'm not sure. I'm a little stoned. Um, <laughs> but I love that. But um, I love that for you. <laughs> I love it too. Um, but yeah, so she finally started sleeping with us, and like, it's so fucking annoying. Like, I I do love it. There's a part of it that I love because there's a closeness that I don't think that you can like will ever be replicated in another experience in Mm -hmm. your life than to like cuddle up and fall asleep with your child. But like, it's not comfortable. Like her tiny little feet are just like jutting into like my back and my side. Yeah. She like wants to be really close, but needs to be horizontal. Sick. Yeah. Um, She like wakes up constantly. She like still does this like rocking, humping move to comfort herself and soothe herself. And it's like alarming to wake up to. I remember doing that when I was a kid. Like I would, I've always slept. I'm fucking bony as all shit. I've always slept with like a pillow between my knees. And I've always remembered like rocking myself to sleep. And like, it's just like obviously a rhythm. Like, yeah, yeah. It's what you, what happens to when you're a baby. Yeah, totally. Super comforting and stuff like that. She was so fucking cute. People are gonna be like, what the fuck is this podcast turned into? It's just like a (laughs) podcast about children and Frankie wanting to breastfeed until she her kids are free. <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? That's a porn for Quincy. <laughs> um, but when I babysat at a last time, uh, which is the first time that it, that you've asked me to babysit like for a night, it was yeah. it was so I felt honored that you would ask me to do that. Oh my god, I can't wait for you to do it again. I'll do it any day, any day. I can't wait until she feels comfortable. I can't wait until she's a fucking teenager and I'm just like, oh. just, I corrupt her. I can't wait. I'm going to be the cool aunt. Sorry, you look at me like, please don't do that. <laughs> the cool aunt. I know. I always kind of like, I was the cool aunt for a long time. I have, um, I have a niece who's in high school. Yeah, you do. And uh, yeah, so I like love that. And I feel like I was that to her. And now that I have my own kid, I, I, like, again, I don't begrudge anybody experiences, her especially. Mm-hmm. I want her to have a ton of experiences, and I don't want to micromanage her life. And um, I think, like, you should probably try drinking in high school, and you should try dating, and you should try smoking weed in high school. You know what yeah. I mean? Use a condom. Only take half. Wait it out <laughs> yeah. before you take the other half. I think the most important thing is that she knows that she can always call me yeah. no matter what. There's nothing that she can do that I would ever, ever turn away from her. No shit. And that's why my parents raised me too. Like I remember I re- – and this is this is completely honest. I, I remember uh, taking a shitload of ecstasy in high school and – and being a fucking animal. Yeah. And my parents let me know. They were like, there's there's never going to be a scenario that you can't come to us. Like, if your friends are in trouble or you're in trouble, like, you can always come and approach us and say, like, hey, man, like, I'm yeah. fucked up right now or I need help or someone's in danger. And, like, we'll never – we never want you to not feel like you can come to us and say that. Yeah. Like, we just want you to be safe and happy and healthy mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, that's super important. I think a lot of people don't get that. Mm-hmm. And I think, like – that's how kids can dig themselves into even deeper trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think those experiences are super important. I mean, obviously, as her parent, I can't be the one that facilitates a lot of those for her. For sure. I think that that would be super unethical. Like, she's got to find her own way with it. Um, sure, you can give her a glass of wine. Please, and I will. Please don't give her ecstasy. <laughs> <I'm not gonna. laughs> 
I'll wait until she's like 18. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not going to give you fucking kid. I haven't done ecstasy since I was like fucking 18. I'm not going to give your kid ecstasy. Okay, sweet. Jesus Christ, you're making me sound like a lunatic. Oh, no. And I don't think that you would. <laughs> Shroom's 100%. You just mentioned it, so I thought we would go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, I'm drawing the line. Like, you can give her weed. Do not give her ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. I, I will respect those boundaries. Yeah. I will live up to them. Yes. <laughs> Um, you know what's so funny? Like, my sisters, I want to talk to you about this, actually, because I think that... Perfect. It's just like we're on your couch at home right yeah, now. I love it. <laughs> I think that you would be interested. Um, my sister, who has two kids, um, my niece smokes weed, like, not with me, with her friends at mm -hmm. school. As one does. And she's been caught many, many times, and my sister, like, she gets so upset about it. And she smokes weed. My sister smokes so much weed. <laughs> And she, I mean, maybe not so much, but she smokes weed <coughs> regularly for sure. And she drinks a lot. Um, I don't know. I just like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Am I being wrong? It's like, I, my sister's argument is that because she's a kid. I'm like, I guess, but I remember being in high school and like, everyone smoked weed. I've smoked my first joint at 12 and a family member handed it to me on a camping trip. Yeah. And like, that's obviously like really fucking young. That probably should not have happened. But, like, I think marijuana is something that, like, kids are going to dabble in. Kids want to grow up way faster than they're actually ready to. And, like, I remember being 12 and being, like, I want to be sexy and I want to be an adult. And it's that's fucked up. But obviously yeah. a lot of kids want to grow up way faster and don't really take it seriously when adults are, like, please enjoy this time while you have it. Because you're going to look back and be, yeah. like, god damn it, I wish I could be a fucking kid again sometimes, sometimes obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible. You have no perspective, right? But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think weed is a big deal at all, but that's just me personally. I think that it's something that I was always around. My my parents grew weed yeah. when it was uh, when I was super young, and like I had a ton of aunts and uncles who smoked it uh, back back in the fucking day. Like when I was in high school, there wasn't all these different strains, and it wasn't so accessible. Yeah, right. You could it buy would be like a, a choose gram. your own, adv own adventure. <laughs> it was literally like you had two options: you had indoor and outdoor. Yeah. And then Kush came along, and everyone yeah. was like, "We're or chronic." Everyone's like, "We're smoking chronic now." I found, I'm fucking dating myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that like what what kids have access to right now with weed is that fucking resin and all that shit. Like it's so much stronger. I'm so thankful that all I had to smoke when I was fucking like a teenager was really shit homegrown weed yeah like stealing my parents homegrown fucking shake yeah yeah i greened out so many times when i was younger same like 100 yeah i just like had no idea how much weed it's i should an awful consume. feeling oh it's the worst like having a full-blown fucking panic attack yeah because and it of was marijuana. always in really awkward like social situations <laughs> like with a high school boyfriend who like i wouldn't even tell him when i got my period you know what i mean like that's yeah. how weird i was around them yeah now you tell everybody everybody we're on the same moon cycle right now exactly yeah i love bonding with you it's electric it is electric <laughs> Atta, like everybody all the men in our lives fucking watch out right <laughs> yeah oh poor adam he was feeling it today well you you sunk your claws into him oh, he was just like <laughs> and yeah <I> did. <laughs> <laughs> Like, don't fucking talk to He's me He's just today. trying to be nice, and I'm like, Adam, you just always... leave me alone? <laughs> Adam's just always trying to be nice. <laughs> He's like, can I get you anything, honey? Hot water bottle, Advil, back rub, and you're like, can you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so not true. No. No. But he, no, it is true that he's like that. It's not true. I'm very much over-exaggerating about you. Yes. 
<laughs> you're a very good person. Thank you. <laughs> even when you're bleeding out of your vulva. Right? <laughs> Perhaps an even better person. You a marvel so? of science in the very least. A marvel a marvel of nature. Yeah. yeah. I uh I'm very thankful for It's funny like periods are periods are weird. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> it's um, a good time. Periods are not my favorite part of being a woman, no. but I'll take it. It comes with the territory. I do actually really enjoy the fact that I'm able to have one. If I, I have girlfriends who have a lot of issues with that. I've had girlfriends who've had like, um, yeah, who've had really bad eating disorders, which is so fucking common. Yeah. Um, who have had a lot of trouble with uh, not having their periods and stuff like that. I know a lot of people who've had a big issue with like addiction and they stopped getting their periods. Well, that happened to me when I was in high school when I was taking way like chew just bit off way more than I could handle and right. I remember being like fucking 17 and I stopped getting my, getting my period because of drugs and That's that crazy. was sobering like yeah. that in itself was like okay I need to fucking figure it out um and luckily I did yeah and like cleaned it up um but yeah no it's definitely not the best part of being a woman but I am very thankful that I have mm -hmm. it and obviously I not every woman bleeds. I'm yeah. going to say that right now. I think that it's important that more people are uh, who don't know that are intrigued by it and talking about how uh, obviously there's women who are transgender who do not bleed and you do not yeah. need a uterus to be a woman. No. But you do, um, you do not. You uh, just need bigger balls than a man to be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> just to be super aggressive about it. <laughs> um, but yeah. On to the next fucking topic. Yeah. I've covered periods, children. Lovers. Alcoholism. Have we covered lovers? Well, mine. Yeah. I, get, I only have one. It's super boring. No, it's not boring at all. I don't think so. I think that you guys are really fucking cute. It's kind of gross. We could talk about your lovers. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose you're between lovers. Currently, yeah. yeah. So Quincy had this great idea. Um, we're going to start a... He's, he's going to print out some uh, photos or he's going to do it on the internet and we'll have like those little pull tabs with a phone number on it. We'll put them up on Barton Street and Cannon Street and it'll be like, want to get to know school. Frankie? Yeah. And it's called Get Frankie Fingered. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to we're gonna be working on that because I ha don't have the balls to get any so sort of fucking uh, dating apps on my phone. I Why? See this shit. I feel like it would be so fun. Like you're depriving me of this joy yeah. as an old married person. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like my single fucking... hot friend who's like down to party and you won't get dating apps on your phone. She's like, you gotta come over and we'll fucking hook your phone up to the TV. Yeah, I'm gonna airplay that shit. I wanna gonna... airplay it. And we're gonna fucking we're gonna spend a night of it. I fucking love going on Megan Morgan's dating apps <sighs> too, and I always fucking like. I think it's like I can't remember which fucking way it is because I don't have them. <laughs> but like, I like swiping um, and matching with like the worst people ever for them. And, like, <laughs> messages from like fucking the creepiest dudes ever oh god it's such a fun game it's so fun yeah okay maybe yeah you uh, want to so do it tonight yes 100 percent. Okay, we'll do it tonight yeah all right fuck um, it. why not i think it's i think it's so fun and like i don't know you don't have to take it seriously but especially in a pandemic like i think it's a, a panorama in a in a panty i think it's a, a very useful way Lovato? to meet somebody and it just might help you not have sex with your ex you know what i mean 
Yeah, I know if what you that's mean. Because like, I know that that's a game you're like playing a little bit. Well, we're not talking about that right now because <laughs> everyone in the studio, is, except for Justin's, related to them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's cool, 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 and we'll either put a phone number, we should get like a burner phone, and they can call in and leave voicemails, and then we can play them on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, or they can email in. Yeah. They have to send, uh, yeah. I hope you like Serbian guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really funny you say that. <laughs> um, no, my parents have told me that uh, to never date a Serbian man. <laughs> it's Did a they say that, actually? Yeah, uh, yes. Correct. You Eastern just, European men are fucking frightening. You just eliminated ninety percent of the potential people on Barton Street. <laughs> See, I don't know. I thought that I thought that Barton Street was like very Polish and like Ukrainian. I don't know how many Serbians. It's there definitely are. Polish in my neighborhood. There's like four Orthodox Polish Catholic churches. I was so fucking angry at that and like church in your neighborhood a kilometer. on Easter. I was trying to drive down Barton Street and there was so much traffic and it was so it was gridlock and I'm like what the fuck is going on it's like a, an Easter Sunday during a fucking lockdown and they had a priest doing drive by they were doing drive through fucking communion and he was like sprinkling them with holy water and fucking feeding them wafers through their car window while they have masks on. And I was like, oh, cool, sweet. So I can't fucking get to the LCBO on time because you have to fucking throw water on people. That was probably one of my favorite memes at the beginning of the pandemic. It was like there was a priest who had a water gun and was spraying a baby with holy water. And yeah. it was like this pandemic's finally found a way to keep priests away from children. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's great. Quincy is going to love that bit. Yeah, I bet he is. Yeah. That's awesome. Fucking A. Wow. Yep. I mean, I think it's like, I think that's kind of nice for them. That they got to do that. I, yeah, because like, you're kinder than I am. Yeah, but I'm not that kind. I'm not as kind as Adam, so. <laughs> um, I'm like totally fine with religion as long as it's not fanatical. As long as your beliefs don't marginalize somebody else. Yes. I, like. You think that there's a lot of complications with that, with religion. I mean, religion, I get it. Like, life is super hard, and I think yes. religion can be a really lovely crutch if you use it um, perfectly. Responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> Responsibly. Yeah. No, I understand that. And, like, as I get older, I do see, like, there's a lot of people who who are um, who are using religion in the best way that they possibly can. And, and I've mm -hmm. obviously been raised in, like, a very atheist household but i know for a fact like I, yeah I, I think religion is weird and creepy like it's not for me you do you <laughs> yeah but i also know i also know for a fact that like i was raised in an atheist household and i am very similar to my parents and i look up to my parents because they are really great people mm -hmm. and i think that if i was raised in a christian household i would be christian so i am only the way that i am because of my my upbringing yeah and i was raised in a conservative jewish household though. yeah so, like, I think it can go either way. I had religion thrust upon me from when I was a child. Now, that said, like, my parents are both really reasonable people. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of, like, religious um, parents are not. And my dad, who it was like, he was the reason we were really religious. He 
um, he grew up quite religious and he married my mom who wasn't Jewish. So we all converted. And I think he had a lot of guilt about it. And I think he like about making the family convert. I think about marrying a non-Jewish person. Like, oh, he had guilt about marrying a, a shiksa. A shiksa, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, he really wanted the family to be super religious, I think, as like a penance almost. That but, freaks me out. Yeah, it is a little bit weird, but I think it was well-intentioned. I think he had such great experiences growing up. Like, I think his parents were really lovely. Yeah. I know that my Oma was one of the most lovely people I've ever met in my life. And I think she was a great parent. And I think my mm-hmm. dad had a wonderful childhood and life and still does. Yeah, certainly. Um, So I think he just thought it would work that way. But obviously, like, his mm-hmm. marriage wasn't that great. I don't think anything really worked out the way he thought it was going to. Yeah. And he was reasonable so enough common. that when he saw that, like, his <clears throat> whole family was miserable being, like, conservative Jewish... He didn't, like, push it, you know? Like, like we just we, kind of all stopped being religious eventually. What do you mean by a conservative Jew? Like, that's not orthodox, obviously, because I know your dad's not an orthodox Jew. No, it's not orthodox, but conservative <coughs> is, like, a step up from reform. So we had um, a kitchen that had, like, we kept kosher, mm-hmm. and we kept the Sabbath. Yes. Um. So we went to synagogue every Saturday. I went to a private Hebrew school from grade one to grade eight. I love Hebrew. Yiddish is, like, oh, the best. Sorry, yeah. continue. I love Yiddish. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Sweet, sweet. It's, it's all Tight. about me. Yeah, continue. Tight. Uh, uh, we had like two different stoves. We had two different sets of dishes. It was like intense for a bit. And why we all hated two, it. Why and I have, just wanted to eat bacon all the time. Oh, shit. Why do you have two separate stoves and two separate? Because for keeping kosher, like following Jewish dietary laws, you need to have your milk and your meat completely separate. Like, you can't eat them together. How come? Um, Do you know the reasoning behind it? So, no. It's, like, to prove your faith in God by, keep like, keeping kosher is one of those things that you just kind of do blindly to prove your faith in God. It's but, like abstinence amongst fucking uh, <clears throat> people in Christianity, obviously, yeah, and, yeah. and nuns and stuff like that. Historians have said that, like, if you look back at, like, the parts of the Torah, like the Old Testament, where it's describing, like, kosher laws— a lot of them make sense for the time for food safety. hundred percent. Like, like shellfish and pork and, pork. and yeah, stuff. Because yeah. there was no refrigeration back then. Everybody had yeah. to cure everything. And that's like a big thing for me where it's like you look at religion still to this day who who it's obviously a lot of it is um it's um what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Like it's uh it's it's nice to look back and to to kind of stick to these old school traditions and stuff like that because it's just the way that they've been doing it for years. There's parts of religion that are so beautiful, and, and I, 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 I'm thankful that I am atheist, but I do love observing a lot of religion. Yeah, I think that it a lot. There's parts of it that are so gorgeous and that are really fucking awesome and have great lessons. But then there's parts of it. It's like, come on, man! Like you can eat fucking pork. The reason that it is, and, yeah. and like, sorry, I don't mean to say that to offend anybody out there who's like, no, we can't. Yeah. Um, I think that it's... I think a lot of people probably feel that way. Like, it's very important to them. Yeah, of, of, for sure. Yeah. Very much so. But it is literally because they didn't have refrigeration back there. And a lot of people are like, oh, because pig, pigs are dirtier animals. I've heard that sort of mm-hmm. uh, argument before. And I don't think <clears throat> that pigs are any dirtier than cows or sheep or anything like that yeah i mean i wouldn't be like the expert on that no at all, so of course I no neither idea. am i i'm literally just screaming into the void as yeah. usual <laughs> um but yeah no i think that the history of it is all pretty fascinating yeah 
keeping fucking meat and meat and milk separate, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of like I don't know. I went to I went to a private Hebrew school, so there were like all different types of Jewish people who went there. And we were conservative and we had to keep kosher, but like there were lots of reform kids that went there that had Christmas trees and like didn't keep kosher and led like much more normal, reasonable lives. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know, maybe I would have felt more connected with my religion had that been the case. Um, but it wasn't, and it just kind of made me rebel against it, and I don't really feel connected to being Jewish, although I don't feel connected to being anything else either, really. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's, like, the default I go back to. Yeah. hmm I think that, um, yeah, it's funny, like, all, my grandparents, which I think is kind of uncommon for people who are obviously born in, like, the 30s and 40s, they were all, um, atheist, which was kind of uncommon at the time, but I know that, like, my grandfather, who um, was 18 when World War II broke out and was from Germany and lived in Germany and was drafted to fight in the German army. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that his mother was apparently Jewish. And you're Jewish through your mother, not through your father's side. And yeah. I know that he um, they hid their religion for a really long time. And they weren't very practicing and it's what saved them obviously because mm-hmm. uh people jewish people were so so persecuted and they still are to this day obviously like a lot of religious people are very persecuted but um it's definitely i don't know it's just fascinating to really think about that uh ah fuck that you could be what am I trying to fucking say? <laughs> like, you could you just, I don't know. It's its just really fascinating to fucking think about. Obviously, you're raised in a in a traditional household or in, into a tradition, and, and you can take what you, you can take things from it without having to completely immerse yourself in it. And, For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that I've taken the best things from it. Like, we still celebrate some of the holidays. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know, like, there's something about this past year that's made me feel a bit more disconnected from it than usual. And I don't think it's just what's happening like with Israel and Palestine right now. Although like that yeah. too, but I, I, um, I don't even know if I want to touch on that too. Cause I'm just like, it's so nuanced and layered and it's so nuanced I'm and layered and terrified of saying the wrong thing. Yeah, obviously, especially when you're on a public forum. But I think that it's really important to draw attention to the fact that being critical of a nation is not being critical of a religion. hundred percent. Like yeah. you're allowed to be critical of a state. Yeah. Uh, and a government and a government, which are, uh, in my opinion, and I'll, and this is just my opinion, like performing atrocities on a marginalized group of people who. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely agree a, with you. And who have a history of being like World War Two was an insane thing to happen. And, and uh, the Holocaust is 100 percent real and it happened and it was absolutely atrocious. But some of the things that are happening right now in Palestine are very similar to that. And that could get me in a lot of trouble with some people for saying, but for. um <laughs> Justin, you're so cute. I love you. <laughs> um, but for people who who are sort of observing it now and like we've got all of these governments, like the, the leading governments of the world, like Canada and America, that are just continuously putting money into the Israel army and into drones and all of that. Canada just gifted a shitload of money to the Israeli army. And yeah. like we're we're obviously like sending aid, humanitarian aid to is to Palestine. Yeah. But the num- the amount of money that we're giving to Israel for their army 
is more money than we're giving in fucking aid, humanitarian aid, which is, I don't know, it just feels so backwards. I don't understand at all how this is even happening. Yeah, I feel like I feel very overwhelmed thinking about like big like ideas and concepts like that and like war and just mm-hmm. like the world in this like really globally fucked up sense. Yeah. Um it yeah, like it gives me so much anxiety that I'm just totally. like I just don't think about it. This is better. <laughs> it's easier to like sometimes not and it's better I think for a lot of people like there are certain things that I can't take on uh emotionally that I'm just like I'm just I I can't do it. Yeah. I think especially during the pandemic. It sucks that we're in a position, like, that I'm in a position to be able to just not think about it. Because a lot of it's our privilege. shit is happening to people who are living in these areas where it's actively happening. Like, right. the climate disasters are happening and the wars they are happening. They can't avoid it. It's their reality. It. And it sucks and it breaks my heart mm-hmm. and I just feel so helpless and I don't know what to do. But the fact is, is, like, you can't stress about it all day because there is not really anything you can do. Like, our fucking governments who have all the power aren't fucking really doing anything um, no. about it. I and just try to do the best in my daily choices yeah. to make sure that I'm not going to impact people yeah. in a super negative way. And and obviously teaching future generations, which we've spoken about a lot mm-hmm. on this show, like between feminism and, and all of that, talking to Justin and Sasha about the way that they raise their boys and obviously about the way you raise Etta. Like it's just about fucking yeah. giving them the education that they need to make the fucking right decisions that obviously our generation has not been able to do. Yeah. And I think that we are on that way. I really hope so. It's insane how much information I feel like was skipped over when I was in school. No shit. You know? Yeah, 100%. Especially everything that's in the news obviously right now with the 215, um, the bodies of 215 children being, murdered children being found. Yeah. Why don't, you know, we, why don't we revisit that? This guy's got the hugest <laughs> dick. <laughs> Do you understand how big this guy's dick is? <laughs> Sorry, continue. Every day. Every day. <laughs> is it the same guy? Oh, yeah. Ugh, that guy fucks. You can hear it from like <laughs> six blocks away. Um, sorry, yes. Yeah, I was just saying that um, it's insane to me that I just learned about residential schools in the past uh, like two, three years, maybe. Yeah, like I didn't. I didn't know about them before. It and was never ever brought up in history class, not once. No, and they and and well, that's the thing, right? History is 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 taught by the people who fucking win it, right? Like yeah. the, by the by the oppressor a lot of the time, um, especially in colonial fucking countries. And you've got like a lot of people don't know residential schools were go were could still being those practices were still being continued up until 1996. Yeah. Which is insane. And a lot of people don't know that, like, the history of the RCMP is embedded in actually um, controlling native populations and keeping them to their fucking areas. And it's, there's such a history of genocide. Yeah. Like, cutting off their hair and enforcing them to learn religions that aren't theirs. And it's, it's, um, like, it turns my stomach as a parent to imagine, like, losing a child like that. Having them ripped away from you in the middle of the f- in the middle of broad fucking daylight. It's awful and being so powerless. Like, and even if they weren't murdering some of those, like obviously they murdered so many of them. But even if they're ones who escaped it, like stripping somebody of their mm-hmm. culture and their identity because you think yours is a better fucking idea. Yeah, that is a form of genocide in itself because you're trying to kill the culture and it's like it's unfathomable. I can't believe that that something like that happened and, and up to as recently as 1996. Yeah. I was six years old. Like, that's insane. Yeah. In our generation. 
anyway, I think that we should um, continue those conversations. I think that it would be nice to end on a little bit of a, a little bit of a lighter note. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like yeah. it's it's easy to go down that rabbit hole. Obviously, there's so much that's hard to fix in the we world. We can talk but... about that when we get home. We can just sit on the couch and talk about de- depressing shit all night. Yeah, man. I've still got half a bottle of wine. Sweet. I've got one of those hangovers that I can't get Let's drunk. We'll go fucking start a fire. And... Talk about depressing stuff with your sober friend. Yeah, we'll talk about. It. We'll bring your child in. We'll give her some nightmares. It'll be perfect. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, guess what happens if you don't go to bed and brush your yeah. teeth? Yeah. <laughs> that's so fu- sorry, that's so fucking dark. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a funny joke at all. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> um, but anyway, I love you so, 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 so much. I love you too. And I think that you are incredibly inspiring and somebody who I look up to uh, a lot. And thank you for coming today. I know that you were like a tiny bit hesitant, but uh, it's fun yeah. to sit here and talk shit. Yeah, it's nice to just, yeah, talk about yourself for an hour. Yeah, no, I like it's my favorite thing to do. It is like therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does feel that way a lot of the time, I just, time like, too. can't imagine anyone would want to listen to it. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're doing pretty well. We've got some listeners in Belgium. We've got some listeners. Yeah. Um, we've got some listeners in New Zealand and Australia, which is pretty cool. That's great. I listen to them constantly because I'm a narcissist I think my and sister, I love the same voice. I think my sister in um, Australia will be, like, I'll tell her about it. She'll yeah. probably be the only family member I tell about it. Yeah, no, She's Kia. also, like, the only one I didn't shade. You did because <laughs> you like her. You yeah. didn't talk about your brother either. <laughs> oh. I love my brother. I no, love my joking. whole family. They're yeah. great. <laughs> we love all of them. Um, well, thanks so much for being here, and I adore you. Thanks. And we'll have you on again soon when we have, uh, yeah, I don't know. Should fucking. we bring Etta in, and it can just be, like, really distracting screaming for an entire no hour? No offense, but I would fucking rather have <laughs> yeah. Adolf Hitler in the room <laughs> <laughs> just to keep it on track. <laughs> No, I, I'm joking. I absolutely adore your daughter. I can't wait to no, but yeah. share all of these stories with her when she gets older. Yeah. I love you. Love you. All right, guys. This has been Frankie. Thanks so much for paying attention. I, uh... <laughs> no, wait. That's awful. <laughs> I hated that so much. That was so awful. Like, I don't even have to say. It doesn't feel natural. Hey, pricks. Um... No, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been so nice having Evie in here today to talk and and uh, everything hurts studios. This is Prickly Cactus Podcast, and we'll see you next Monday. Mm-hmm.